0: Hey there. My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. I want to have a talk with you about something that has been on my mind, honestly, for a couple weeks now. Um, A few episodes ago, I talked about intimacy and about how intimacy can look in a time like this when we, you know, when a lot of us can't be physically near people that we love or people that we want to be connected with. And it has me realizing how intentional we have to be about seeking connection right now. You know, if we are looking to feel connected to someone or looking to feel emotional intimacy with someone who isn't co-located with us right now, we have to be super intentional about that. So there is no, like, casually just bumping into people out in the world right now. Um, or at least not nearly as much as, you know, we might have been able to count on before. And so even to have like a very casual, like, hey, how you doing? How's your day? Kind of moment with somebody. You have to intentionally text them or pick up your phone and call them or FaceTime them or, you know, schedule a time to sit down and have a Zoom call with them, right? And you have to take into consideration all of the factors of, kind of their home life and, you know, if they're sharing a small space with another human being, you have to, you know, take that into account depending on what you want to talk to them about, what you can and can't talk about, if there are other people around, if they have little kids that are going to be running around in the background, which is my situation. These are all things we have to factor in now in a way that we haven't before and it's a lot. And now I personally am A big pursuer in my relationships and anyone who interacts with me a lot is laughing at that because it is the most like duh Aubrey statement ever but I am somebody who is really comfortable letting people know that I care about them letting people know that I'm thinking about them letting people know that I want to you know feel connected to them or feel close to them or that I miss them Those are things I'm comfortable doing. I have absolutely no problem, you know, reaching out to people and saying, like, hey, I miss you. Like, how are you doing? Hey, you know, what are you having for breakfast? Hey, um, you know, I heard this song and I thought of you. Things like that are in my comfort zone. But there are also people in this world, and many of whom I know and love, who are not pursuers in that way and who aren't comfortable with that and You know, that even, you know, being the kind of more assertive or pursuing person in like a normal social setting feels really intimidating or feels scary or feels out of their comfort zone, right? And so that makes a situation like this really hard, an already hard situation even harder because it, you know, creates a scenario where it's either – You know, you're not reaching out to the people you want to be reaching out to. You're not acting on that. You're not getting the connection you feel like you want or need. And that's lonely and painful. Or you can push yourself out of your comfort zone, right? But that feels uncomfortable. And what's underneath that discomfort, right, is vulnerability. And so in thinking about that vulnerability and what feels vulnerable about that, I start to think about, you know, why it is we don't chase or pursue the things that we want. And, you know, when I say that, what I mean is like anybody listening to this right now, whoever you are, I bet you can close your eyes right now and you can think of a time that you did not pursue something that you really, really wanted. Okay, a time that you did not pursue something that you really really wanted this could be a person or a relationship this could be you know a goal you wanted to set for yourself it could be a hobby or creative pursuit that you wanted to go for it could be a career that you were interested in getting into um but you didn't and so when you have that example i want you to then think about why why didn't you If you know this is something you really, really wanted and you didn't pursue it, why? And my guess is that for most folks, it falls into a couple of categories. You know, a lot of the time we don't pursue something because, uh, you know, we think that we're likely to fail. We think that we're likely to fail or be rejected. Um. Or, you know, be embarrassed because it doesn't go well. And some people would, you know, would say, oh, well, I didn't do it because it was like a, a silly idea or it was like a silly dream. And I think that some of that can fit into this category of like fear of failure. There is also, you know, a category of rationale of, um you know, not so much fear of failure, but fear of appearing too invested in something that wasn't like a sure thing so fear of looking too earnest too eager um too hungry for something right and then it attaches back to the fear of failure because it's what if i look like i'm so invested in this and then it doesn't go well and then i'm gonna look stupid right And so, you know, for me, as I think about this, I really, I personally relate to that. And the example that I think about, and especially in this context of thinking about love and connection with other people, is that for me, this kind of pursuit idea and this, you know, I I haven't, to be clear, I haven't always been a pursuer quite in this way. Um, You know, I have always wanted the thing that i've really really wanted is to be loved and like even to say that right now on you know like a medium that like people are going to listen to and you know get to have their own thoughts about feels vulnerable right to to say a statement of like what i really want deeply is to feel loved feels like i mean the the like inner critic thoughts i have are really around this idea of like ooh like why are you looking too eager or you look too hungry for that thing right and i felt that for a long time i felt ashamed of how hungry i was for that for love from other people and i think i mean i don't think i know the desire to be loved is so human and normal and i bet just about anybody listening to this can also say that they really really would like to be loved it's just a very normal human thing and i didn't always know that right and i think a lot of us didn't always know that or maybe still don't so maybe you're hearing that and you're like oh it is normal that i like deeply crave love from other people it is um And, you know, I'd later realize also beyond just like this wanting to feel loved and wanting to have like affection, it's also a wanting to be seen and to be known for who I really was and not just kind of the me that I was presenting externally to other people, but who I really was. And so, you know, I think a lot of this comes from these beliefs that I know a lot of folks Who listen here and who, you know, hang out with me on Instagram and who, you know, I connect with as a coach struggle with these same things. And so, you know, what some of these beliefs were for me that made me feel ashamed to desire love in this way, to, you know, crave love and connection and to want to pursue that, but feel afraid, were these. So the first belief is that love and affection and attention from others were things that I didn't deserve. Just inherently did not deserve love. And also for if I wanted to deserve it, if I wanted to prove that I deserved it, I would have to work really really hard. So it's something I needed to work for, that I needed to demonstrate my worth for, that I needed to earn. So the idea of not deserving love as you are and if you were going to deserve it you had to earn it. Another belief was that, you know, Love was worth more when I had worked hard for it, when I had earned it. And often the way that I earned it was through suffering, through, you know, kind of enduring interpersonal and emotional pain, through not feeling seen, through not having my needs met, not having my needs prioritized. But if I was able to kind of push through that and get through that suffering and work really hard, And show that other person that I cared about them and, you know, without boundaries or limits, that maybe they would love me back and the return on that would be incredible. It wasn't. (laughs) Just to be clear, it never was. But that is kind of the driving belief, right? That love is worth more when you have to work hard for it. And then finally, this belief that other people getting their needs met is actually more important than having or asserting my own needs okay so other people getting their needs met is actually more important than having or asserting my own needs and you know the next layer underneath that is not just that other people's needs are more important but that if i meet other people's needs then maybe they will meet mine So the top layer is like other people's needs matter more. I'm low maintenance. It's chill. I don't need that much. I can spend all my time and my energy caring about others. That's what I'm built for. And really what's underneath that is like I know I do have needs, but the only way I'm going to get them met is to focus on other people's needs. So clearly as we like talk through these, and I feel confident everybody listening to this can name that those are deeply unhealthy and toxic beliefs to hold and they are not uncommon just to be clear but they eat away at you right i think we all know in an intellectual sense you know that having such a disconnection from your own needs from your own worth from your own you know ability to receive love or to be nourished by love from other people that that much disconnection is going to keep you from thriving that you know living in those beliefs and marinating in those beliefs is going to limit you from thriving and is going to be an unhealthy thing for you broadly right and you know anybody who like a lot of these are like classic people pleaser beliefs so anybody who identifies with being a a people pleaser, a recovering people pleaser, or who's experienced codependency, you're gonna hear those beliefs and resonate immediately because this is kind of the language, right, of what we what we experience. And it's, you know, these are often kind of the deeply held, deeply rooted beliefs, but they're in there. And the truth is that people pleasing and codependency will kill you slowly. If you're constantly subverting your own needs in favor of other people and you know, thinking that that is how you're going to earn love, that that is the only way that you're going to receive love is to pretend you don't have needs and ignore them and push them down and focus on other people and, you know, try to work hard to earn love. First of all, you're probably not going to find genuine love and connection that way. The types of relationships you're going to be engaging with and spending your energy on are not ones where you're going to be finding genuine love or connection and you're going to absolutely run yourself into the ground emotionally while you seek it and the reality of that is just that you deserve better so if that is something that you are identifying with that you are living in currently I absolutely know exactly what you are experiencing and you deserve much better and there is a better way and so if that's kind of the state that you're in right now, um, please reach out to me because we have so much more to talk about. But, and yes, there is a but, what can actually happen when we unlearn these harmful beliefs? We do the work of saying like, oh, I know that these these things aren't true, that like, you know, love is not somehow more important or more meaningful if I've suffered to earn it. And that I am deserving of feeling love and affection and connection and, you know, that my needs are important even as we learn those things, it can be really easy for us to swing super hard in the opposite direction, right? So what I mean by that is that it's really easy to feel pressure then for all of our love and meaning to be sourced from within, right? To do this full kind of 180 moment to, you know, I don't need anyone else's validation. You know, I'm worthy just as I am and I'm going to be my own source of love. And like those things are great, but then suddenly we can feel this immense pressure to not need anyone else at all, to not be too reliant on others. And, you know, what we can actually then do is start to push other people away. We can start to feel afraid Right of intimacy and connection. We can start to feel afraid of it and to be really afraid of what it means about us that maybe we do need that connection after all. To kind of strip all of these things away and to know that we are inherently worthy, but still we need that. We need that connection and we need that love. And so, you know, I am sure there's folks nodding along listening to this. If this is sounding familiar, um, you know that's like I have been at this place on the journey as well. So, you know, if me like, s- you know, seven or eight years ago was me in the like I don't deserve love, et cetera, et cetera, then this is me like, I don't know. Within the last like four ish years, I go through go through cycles of being in this place, and. You know, if this is you, this is what I would say. So first, like if you are on a healing journey of any kind in this way, if you are in a place where you are recognizing and reconnecting with your own worth, I love that for you. I am so glad. And the work that you are doing, honestly, the work that we are doing because I am doing it too, is absolutely transformative, okay? Kind of retooling your life to break up with people-pleasing and codependency is so fucking hard. And the amount of just unlearning and untangling and undoing is incredible. And I'm proud of you and of your growth and of your evolution. And you're learning that other people's approval and happiness don't determine your worthiness. And that's beautiful. And you are still going to need other people and you're still going to desire love, and you're still going to desire connection and closeness because these are basic human needs, and they feel good, and that is okay. And it's okay to kind of seek out that connection from people. It's, it's okay to actively seek that out. And, you know, we're, of course, going to respect people's boundaries and their needs, too, because that also matters, and, you know, if they need you to give them some space, you're going to do what I tell my children to do and you are going to respect their no always of course but you know with that in mind seeking connection is okay what we aren't going to do is just skip the conversation or not pick up the phone or not send the text or not check in with the person because we're afraid of being too much or too needy we're not going to avoid it because we think we're undeserving We're not going to avoid it because we're afraid that being hungry for love somehow makes us weak or less self-actualized. I'm here to tell you that it is okay to want the people you love to love you back. I'm here to tell you that it is okay to enjoy attention and affection from others. I'm here to tell you that it's okay to supplement the truth of your own inherent worthiness with love and validation from the people who matter. And that you can be connected to your own worth and still be hungry for love from others. And so, you know, I follow... um, yumi sakagawa on instagram and first of all if you don't follow yumi already you should go do that i will um put um yumi's instagram handle in my um show notes but you know i saw this posted i'm going to read you something that was posted on their instagram a few days ago and it it has been kind of, you know, you see something and it like you bookmark it, but it kind of like just rattles around in your head and you keep like referencing back to it over and over. This is like, this is one of those things for me. So I wanted to read it to you. Imagine yourself leaning more deeply into your receptivity of pleasure. What is so terrifying about that? Imagine that every time you speak your needs, say no to a request or assert your boundaries, you carry zero responsibility for the other person's feelings and reaction. What is so terrifying about that? Can you imagine yourself running at full speed towards your dreams? Or is it more of a half-hearted slog because you are afraid that expressing earnest determination is embarrassing will make you appear foolish and invite the world to mock you? If a person feels threatened by the fullest radiance of your joy and most expansive state, then is that person's feelings really worth protecting? Who in your life still remains when you become the most powerful and happiest and most alive version of yourself because you've stopped self-shrinking for other people's comfort? I love that. These are, so these are questions I'm asking myself lately. Um, You know, I love this idea of living into the fullest radiance of your joy and most expansive state. You know, earnestness is not weakness, y'all. It is okay to pursue the things that you really want. And that's what I want you to know. I'm going to wrap up actually with a little guided meditation for you right after this ad begin by moving your body into a comfortable position either sitting with your back against a chair and your feet flat on the floor or lying down with your hands at your sides and your palms facing up Once you're comfortable, really tune in to your breath. Notice the quality of your breath. At this point, just notice without judgment or without trying to change it. Notice if your breath is quick or slow, shallow or deep. Next, begin to notice the sensations in your physical body. How are you feeling? Are you relaxed or anxious and antsy? Tired or energized? For now, just notice without trying to change it. If your mind wanders at any point throughout this meditation Know that that's okay. As we know, it's the nature of the mind to wander. When this happens, simply notice without judgment and bring your attention back to the breath. Notice how your thoughts come and go, whether positive or negative, and simply allow them to pass by now slowly begin to inhale deeply through your nose and then exhale through your mouth inhale through the nose and exhale through your mouth if you'd like you can place your hands on your belly or on your heart to feel the breath filling your body notice the ways your breath changes when you're more aware and intentional about your breathing. Continue to take deep, full breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. See how long you can comfortably draw each inhale and exhale out. As you continue to breathe, Once again, become aware of the state of your body. Where is your body holding tension? Do a quick scan of your body, starting at the top of your head and scanning downward all the way to the tips of your toes. Notice any spots where you might feel tense or tight or locked up. I often carry my tension in my jaw, my neck, and my shoulders. Notice where you might be holding tension and breathe deeply into it. Imagining that your breath is a warm energy that is melting your tension away, releasing it on your next exhale. As we continue to notice the sensations of our physical body paying attention to our breath, inhaling and exhaling to melt any of that tension away. I'm going to share a poem with you. This poem is called The Invitation and it's written by a storyteller named Oriah Mountain Dreamer. This is a poem that I return to often when I need to center in myself. Continue to breathe deeply as you listen. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have been touched by the center of your own sorrow, if you have been opened by life's betrayals, or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own. If you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. It doesn't interest me if the story you are telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it is not pretty every day. And if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand at the edge of the lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes. It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after the night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone and do what needs to be done to feed the children. It doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the center of fire with me and not shrink back. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments one last time notice the quality of your breath take a moment as you breathe to acknowledge any emotions that you're holding in your body right now just noticing no judgment. Remember that whatever you're feeling in this moment is okay. Feelings are meant to be felt. We create a safe home within ourselves when we befriend our emotions rather than dismissing or suppressing or punishing them. Take a few more deep breaths here, inhaling through your nose, exhaling through your mouth and when you're ready return your awareness to your body by wiggling your fingers and your toes turning your head from side to side and then softly opening your eyes Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.